and thank all of you for showing up. So um, before, before we start today, um, oh yeah, please be seated. I mean, that should have been like a natural thing, right? You guys, the lake should have been telling you, hey, I should sit, right? It's, it's kind of like a tradition that people already have, right? Um, so before we start today, um, I'm going to not only introduce this message, but I'm going to tell you a story today. It's more of a story that that we're going to pray about that the Holy Spirit will reveal to you. And I hope that with childlike imagination, the Lord would open up your, your mind to see the story. Just like he let me see it when I was younger. And the Bible will become very clear and more alive to you. And hopefully, you'll desire to read it. Because the story that I tell you today will take you to a place, a place before time, a place with God, and the purpose for which he created, and that purpose is you. So before we start, I would like to open up with a prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray that your Holy Spirit would just consume me and take over me and all your people that are listening here and even online. Holy Spirit, open up the mind and imagination so that your children, my brothers and sisters, can see you in the story which is called the Bible. For it is a love story from beginning to the end. The book reveals you and your purpose and what we mean to you. We mean so much that you had to step down into this world and become a human being to die and rise again so that we can also live forever with you. Thank you, Lord God, for the story comes from you, and it only points to you. So I pray in Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, that you would speak. Let every ear at the sound of my voice. And every heart be open to your truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So today we are um, today we are on the sermon series, Make Room. Today's title is Make Room for Love. And we shall be talking, we will be looking at a few scriptures. And maybe I won't repeat them all. But I think in the story, um, I'll tell them to you. But if I decide to stop and read for a moment, because it's also important that you guys see this in the word of God. And to know that God always has a plan. So, all my life growing up, I always understood and saw Christmas. It was a time of giving and receiving. Families and neighbors greet it with love and show kindness to the less fortunate. They shared their meals and gave gifts to me and made me feel like I was part of their family. Today, love and kindness is not always what you see. Many families struggle just to make ends meet, and everything has become a 
so costly, especially food. But in spite of all this, the Lord is still on the throne, and he rules from on high, and he takes care of his creation. Love is who God is, and he's always been driven by his love to share himself with us and for us to share love with one another. And so love has been misunderstood for so long. And as human beings, our love can be selfish, self-centered, and all about me. Example, if you do this for me, or if you give me this, or that, you love me. But if you don't do what I tell you, you don't love me. Me, 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 me. Our love is conditional. And because of, because of what you might do, what you might say, what you might think about me, mm -mm, that's human love. Human love is limited. We only want to show love when it's shown to us. But you know what? That's because we have not known true love. But today I want to tell you about true love and who he is. I want to tell you the story, the story that God has given to me to see at least a little part of what I can share with you today. It's God's story and how we've always been a part of his story. You know how we hear the word history? That's his story. And you are part of that story. We've heard many times that God has chose, chose us in him before the foundations of the earth, right? You can say yes, no. Not to be, <laughs> not to be so silent. And that we were created with a purpose, correct? That we were not mistakes or here by chance, right? Well, let me tell you a story. And this is where I'll begin. A long, long time ago, in a time that only God knows, in an age that only God understands, the Bible tells us that God chose us in him before the foundations of the earth. So that means that in God, before he created anything, he had already saw you and me. And when he thought about us, he made room for something more than himself. Because it wasn't God and space around God. It was the allness of God and within himself he created. We find that in Colossians. Within himself he creates. In this allness of God, he, he thought about each and every person that is sitting here today and all the countless people who have come to him and will come to him in the future. And the beauty, the beauty about this is is that when he thought about us, he had already seen how he would start. So even in the book of Genesis, it starts with, in the beginning, God, we already know it was him, created what? The heavens and all its hosts, all the angels and heavenly places. And then he creates this ball 
full of colors and greens and puts mountains and he forms it. And he makes it so beautiful and perfect because this is where you and I would live. It was a perfect place. It was a perfect place. And in this perfect place, God would do something and create someone to be into his likeness, into his image. And a lot of times we may misunderstand that. So here's God in his honors and he says, let there be light and there was light and he made the earth and everything in it. But then he caused the host. In this beautiful planet, he puts a place called Eden. Eden is like a doorway that united the spiritual and the physical together. And this is where the heavenlies met. This is where the angels played and enjoyed themselves, where they watched their creator make things that they were astonished since they too were just newly created. But when God began to form the man out of the clay, as the Lord is looking at this clay already in his heart and mind, knowing what he, he was going to do, he formed the, the clay. And notice that in the clay is part of the earth, isn't it? But then he puts something that's also of the spiritual, which is a piece of himself. So the man he creates has two pieces of two realms, the life of God and the life of the earth. And I want you to see that when God is making man, remember what I told you, he thought about you and me. His heart was full of so much excitement and love. And as the angels were watching him do this, they too were astonished. And as they looked at the clay and they looked at their creator, they were like, Whoa, they look almost like he is made in the image of our creator, but yet he's physical, whatever this is. And so God continues to create, and he, he makes, he makes, he, he um, Adam com uh, starts to complain. Because the first thing that God does is make the animals, right? He brings them before Adam and Adam, and he says, Adam, I'm going to bring all the animals before you. I want you to give them a name. So Adam begins to name the lioness and the lion and the zebra, whatever it was. He gave him a name. But Adam noticed one thing. Wait a minute, Lord. Wait. Everything that you have brought before me has an ish, a she. Where's my she? God's plan was still in motion because when God was thinking, when he made the man, and the Bible, some Bibles say he fashioned the woman, and some Bibles just say he created both them, but where was the woman? She was inside the man. That's why the name woman means out of man. That's why when the Bible mentions man, when God made man, he's talking about man and woman. Because woman means out of man. So when God um, created them, he created them to love. The angels served. The angels worshiped. The angels followed commands. 
but man was made to love just like God is love. And so the Lord creates the earth. They're enjoying one another. The angels are enjoying their creator and watching what God is doing. And they are astonished just as Adam and Eve are astonished and in love with their Lord. The Lord is pouring his love into them, and they in return are pouring their love back into God. And they're enjoying this broken, unbroken uh, relationship and fellowship in this garden. Notice that the man can spend time with God in the garden because he has not sinned yet. He is spiritually awake. His eyes are open. And boy, that's heavy, girl. When God gave Adam the title deed to the earth and told him, just as I rule in the heavenly places, so shall you rule the earth. Satan, who was the anointed cherub, who walked among the fiery stones of God, thought that, wait a minute, I'm in one of the highest positions next to God. And God dares to give this, this creation a little lower made than me. See where pride came in? A little lower than me. He gives them a whole planet to rule. About me. So he and a third of the host rebel. We read that about we read about that in Ezekiel 28. He was perfect in beauty and in wisdom until he sinned. What was the sin? Pride. So he was cast out as a profane being. This is Ezekiel. So what did what did this cherub? do. He said, I know what to do. I will hit God where it hurts. And he came after you, and he came after me. And I'm, when I say that, I'm talking about in Adam and Eve. Because all the generations that live today, God had already saw them coming through Adam and Eve. So you were in that picture. So by, while man was spending time with his wife in the cool of the day. <clears throat> Here comes the serpent and distracts the woman. And while she is distracted, he convinces her to sin. She doesn't know what sin is, right? They were like kids. Oh, you don't know what that is. What, what does it mean? And she'll be like, oh, God is beautiful. He is gorgeous. He is amazing. How can I be like him? Hmm. Right? So while she's distracted, the husband is not too far away. He's listening to this. You know, but he's not doing nothing. And then she bit that fruit, and something happened to her. That spiritual eyes where they could see the angels, their spiritual eyes where they could see their Lord and spend time with him, all of a sudden, she felt Blindness came to her. And then she gave of it, her husband knowing, and she gave her husband. Doesn't tell her, but he knows 
that God said, is he had told them, hey, that's what they said they were going to do. And when he ate of it, he felt the effects of what happened to him. Because all of a sudden, something in him began to happen. He, he started to become blind, and the, and the spiritual realm began to dim out. And they couldn't do nothing but hide him. And when the Lord came to spend time with them in the cool of the day, they're hiding and have made clothing out of leaves. And the Lord calls out to them and says, Adam, Eve, where are you guys? He knows. He just wants them to be honest and not to be in denial. So what happens? Adam says, well, well, I heard you coming in, in, to the garden, and I heard your voice, but, you know, I hid because I was afraid. Afraid? You're not supposed to feel afraid. You're not supposed to know fear. What are you afraid of? I hid because I was miserable. One question he got in two weeks was a snake. The Lord told you not to touch it. I was hoping that you would have ate of the tree of life and partook with me with eternal life. Today, if that the tree of life would have been chosen, you and I would have still been living forever, sinless with our God. But man ate of the tree, and therefore came the curse. So remember God's plan that we were chosen before the foundations of the earth. It's not thwarted. What God knew, God knew from the beginning what man would do to give him an opportunity to admit. Instead, the woman blamed the serpent. The serpent went, hey, right? And the man said, the woman you gave me, God, <laughs> she gave me. And I think everybody got the blame. They blamed each other and even blamed God. But even then, the love of God did not give up. God had a re 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 redemption plan. So he looks at the serpent, who is Lucifer, if you know him, who just took the form of a, of a, of a serpent. Now notice that in the spiritual realm, some weird stuff can happen, right? Weird things can happen. They take forms. Forms that we don't understand. But here, the Lord looks at the serpent and he says, what have you done? What have you done? Let me tell you something and let me tell it to you right now. The day will come when I shall crush your head and I will bruise my foot because of you. Because when I, when I step on you so hard, you're going to regret what you did. Notice the love of God. He already has the redemption plan because he's thinking about you and me sitting here today. So here's the Lord already telling him, hey, the dragon slayer is coming for you from the beginning of the Bible. I hope you guys are seeing this. So here's Satan now, as God casts him out of the garden, 
the meeting place between the spiritual and the physical realm. He kicks them out, and the garden disappears from the earth, from where the four rivers meet, the Euphrates, the Tigris, which recently they said totally dried up. And the Bible, you know, it says in Revelation that the Euphrates will dry up to make way for the kings of the earth to meet, for that great day of God. So back to the over here. So here the Lord, the garden disappears, and all of a sudden, man begins to populate on the earth, and we know what happens as we read on the Bible, those fallen angels came down and, you know, started to teach secret arts, magic, sorceries to the human, human beings, even to women, and they begot giants on the earth. So here's Satan again trying to mess with God's plan. Here he, now he messes up the seed of the human race because Jesus said, I'm coming for you and I'm going to destroy you. So here he is trying to get men to be in relationship with men and woman with woman. Why? Because without the two meeting, there is no procreation. Here he is start trying to stop God's plan. Then we get into God flooding the earth. And he was sad. But still, he raised eight people to continue his plan. God's plan has never been thwarted, has never been stopped. Because of what? Love. Love, remember? You were chosen before the foundations of the earth. God had already seen you to where you are today with a heart for him. So the earth starts again. God meets Abraham and tells Abraham, I will make you a father of many nations. And through your seed, not seeds with an S, through your seed. So, the people go into captivity. God gets them out of there. Satan, again, trying to destroy the people. Can't do it. God delivers them. Right? He gives them his law. He gives them his word. He raises up Moses. Moses tells the people, hey, listen to me. And listen very carefully. The Lord will raise up a man-child like me, a prophet. Christ, who will speak to you, make sure you listen to him. You see where the pattern goes? It's still going. God's plan is not thwarted. It's not stopped. You continue and God raises more prophets. More. So what happens? The children of God get introduced to idolatry and wanting to be like other nations. They reject God. They want their own king. They want a physical king. And God says, Samuel, do what the people say and go and anoint Saul. Saul disobeys the Lord. The throne is given to David. Whom? Through whom? There will be a king that will sit on that throne forever. 
is still coming for the steadfast, but Jesus is still coming for you. Do you see the redemption plan? Do you see the love of God? So, we need Isaiah. And he tells Isaiah, Go tell King Ahaz, King Ahaz was a wicked king, but he was a king in the lineage of David, through whom Jesus Christ is king. God can do anything. And so he goes to, to King Ahaz, and he says, the Lord God said to ask him for a sign. Make that sign as hard as you want for the Lord. What does King Ahaz do? He says, in fake humility. In fake being humble, he says, oh, no. Like if he cared about God at the moment. He just cared about being king. And he said, oh, no, I will not tell the Lord. God told him to, to do that. I want you to ask me to give you a sign. So Isaiah gets mad and says, must you weary? It is enough that you weary human beings. But must you weary down my God too? Isaiah, Isaiah said in chapter 7, verse 10, he says, I don't know if you're up there, but anyways, I'm going to read it. Later the Lord sent this message to King Ahaz. Ask the Lord your God for a sign of confirmation, Ahaz. Make it as difficult as you want. Okay, so we're not up there. So let me tell you. So he didn't do it. So this is what Isaiah says to the king. He says, the Lord shall give you his own sign. The virgin will be with child. Here comes the dragon slayer. And here comes the king. Here comes the lover of your soul. His plan is not broken. So what happens? Wait a minute. How can a virgin be with child? How can this happen if no one has been with her? You know what the crazy thing is? That when the Lord came out, Mary was still a virgin. She never thought about the king. Wow. The only difference was that the seed inside Mary would not be the mutated seed of Adam and the sinner that traveled from man to man to man to man to child, 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 even to us to this very day. So what happens? We get to the last book in the Old Testament, the book of Malachi. And like Jason said last week, God doesn't speak to nobody, no prophet, no sign from heaven for over five, 400 years. Imagine having to wait 400 years because you don't live to 400 years to see what God is going to do. But yet he gave a lot of promises and prophecies that he said he would fulfill. So remember I told you. Even the Bible in the book of Revelation talks about a door. When John 
was caught up in the book of Revelation. There's a door open in heaven. And the Lord said to, to John, come up here. Remember that? If you've read the book of Revelation, you'll notice, you'll know that there is a door. There's an imaginary door. Or doors. But in this particular door, the throne of God, after 400 years, comes to the threshold. The throne of God comes to the threshold of the door. For a moment, he pauses, raises his hand as only he can, and goes back into the corridors of time. He goes back to the beginning of creation and sees the lump of clay. And he says, in you, at one time, I joined the physical and the spiritual realm. But it did not last because you did not choose to partake in the fruit of the tree of life. And as he stands at the garden, he says, oh, garden, in you was the meeting place of the angelic, the heavenly realm, and the physical realm. It was in you that was a meeting place where I can fellowship with both realms and see everything happen. And then he says, but this time it will not be a man. It will not be man, Adam's seed. And this time won't be a garden where the spiritual and the physical shall meet. Because this place will be unique. The Lord says, I will be the meeting place for human beings. The joining of the two realms. Are you guys seeing this story? Are you guys seeing the, the, the love that is in this story? It's all for you, for me. The story has no end. So as the Lord stands there at the threshold of the door, there's some things going on on the earth. Mary is chosen by God, and the angel appears to her. You know, at first she was, like, scared. And thought, whoa, why are you greeting me like that? Don't you know I'm an engaged girl? You know? And the, the angel says, oh, no, you're highly favored among all the women on the earth. I chose you, teenager. And listen, unless you accept this, it's going to come. Because, you know, it wasn't until she said, he tells her, hey, you are highly favored among all the women of the earth. And God, remember the prophecy, and the virgin would be with child. And so if we look at, if we look at Matthew, which we don't have there, <laughs> it says this. It says, as, the, as she considered, as she considered it, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, Eugene. This is about, this is about uh, Joseph not wanting to take Mary 
But when the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary, he tells her something. The power of the Most High shall overshadow you. To be overshadowed, to be what? Add him to you. That's a deal. You're on the, you're on the earth. You're on the earth, but you are overshadowed by the power of God as though you've never existed. She is like out of sight. She is out of sight, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the Lord steps through that threshold of the door and unfolds himself in that light. And guess where he ends up? In the womb of a human being. It's crazy, right? Only the sack, only the seed of the man expresses the truth. woman seeds and Mary to germinate with the seed of God to bring forth who? God himself. And later we know the word was about to come through. So she is hidden. She is overshadowed by the spirit of the most high. And then what? Joseph is in a frenzy here. He's like, oh, no, you know, how can you do this to me? you do this to me? You know, I, I was about to marry you. And she's like, but you don't understand. And he wanted to put her away, remember? But before that even happened, something happens to an old couple. Remember? Zacharias and Elizabeth, well past the age of childbearing. But their prayer was going out to the Lord. Lord, give me a son, and I'll give him back to you. Just like Hannah to Samuel, give me a child, and I will give him back to you serve you. Elizabeth must have been doing the same thing. It was Zachariah's time to go into the to the temple. They tied up his legs just in case he would have done something wrong. That's a tradition they had. They would tie up the leg of the priest in case he got struck in there. They would drag him out. <laughs> it's crazy, right? But when he came out of there, same angel, Gabriel, before he went to Mary, went to him and told him, listen, your wife's prayers have been heard. She's going to have a son. He's like, what? How can this be? There's no way. I'm too old. And so is my wife. There's no way that this can happen. And guess what? It happened. Mary goes over there to spend time with him. But it's all because of God. So Mary's overshadowed, they're protected, and the Lord is about to step into creation. When it was time for Mary to bear her to, to have her son, which is truly the Son of God, here you have just remember Jesus called himself the Son of Man? Well, he was also the Son of God because the Bible says he came forth from the bosom of the Father. So here, when Mary brought forth that child, who knows, maybe in the spiritual realm there was angels with their swords drawn outside that place, that cave, because I doubt that it was a nice little barn as we see today, right? I, 
out it was that. And then his bed was a a horse feeding trough, and he was wrapped in a uh, swaddling cloth and on his Elizabeth. As Mary and the light of the world, he came out just like any other child, okay? Blood and water, right? We have this testimony, the water and the blood and the sweat, right? Guess what happened? At that moment, at that moment, you can, as we know now, that all principalities and powers are now aware that the Lord had fulfilled what he said he was going to do. I will become a man. And I will destroy your power, Satan, as a man. And I will, po- I will destroy the power of sin and death. And yes, you might kill my physical body, but I can raise it again. For what? So that you and I could live today and know the story that it is only because of love that you and I are here today. It is. It's just love. It's the love of God. If you read the Bible, you will find the story. And believe me, it go again. It is really so beautiful because the Bible opens the door to the two realms. And today, you and I are born. know that we understand so little bit about that, but let me tell you, if you are a person who has made Jesus Christ your Lord, and you have put your faith in the Son of God, the Bible says very clearly in 1 John chapter 4, and this is what he says, God showed in chapter 4, verse Verse 9, or verse 6, I'm not sure, no, verse 9. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have life through him. This is real love. Not that we love God. It wasn't that we loved him. But that God loved us and sent the son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely are, ought to love each other, right? No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us. And his love is brought to full expression in us. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes, this is John's talking about the testimony that he's seen Jesus himself and beheld him. We have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. When Jesus came to the world, he chose the name um, Jesus. You know why? Because the name Jesus means Jehovah saves. It means Savior. That's why Jesus took on the name Jesus, because it means Savior. All who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them. Where? Where's God living? Whoa. That's not far, is it? It's like a poem. Tomorrow read. 
like a song, O Holy Night, right? And they live in God. You also live in God. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. Whose love? His love. God is love. Who? God. <laughs> Who is love? God is love. And we live in God, and our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here on this earth. We can, our relationship has been restored to Jesus Christ, to our father, just like it was to Adam and Eve before they sinned. He has. We compromise on him. We make God to be so far. But his word says that he's not far. He's in sight. Right? So when, when we love people, what do we do? Spend time with them, right? But if we say we love, we don't spend the time. Oh, God, I love you. Just spend time with him. How do you say you love? You can think about him. Right? And so he says this. As we live in God, our love grows more perfect. But you must live in God. See that? So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment. Verse, verse 18. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. Just like Adam and Eve had before they sinned. If we are afraid, it is for what? Fear of judgment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced this perfect love. If you are not experiencing perfect love, there's nobody's fault but yours. Nobody's. Yours. We love each other because he loved us first. I couldn't love any of you. Or you love me with my craziness and my character defects. You'd be going crazy. I drive my wife crazy. You know? Sometimes just by looking at her, just a reaction, I drive her crazy. She's just like, oh. But that's how we are. We usually get frustrated for every little thing. We get offended for every little word. We misunderstand. Stop texting. Please stop texting people. Call people. Stop texting. Texters are misunderstood. Take it negatively. Person never said even nothing wrong about you. But you want to blame yours. It doesn't care. It doesn't matter if it's a brother or a sister. If what they wrote doesn't sound or appease you or make you feel like, oh, you know, oh, that's that kind of sucks. What is she trying to say? I'm not good enough. What? Homophobia is invalid. We start making up all these things in our head, right? But we never call the person. Hey, guess what? What do you mean by that, right? Right away we start judging, criticizing before you you know you're divided from your brothers and sisters and from your own family members or friends. Right? So this is the point. This is the point. On this day, 2020, almost 2023 years ago, the creator of the universe came and walked this earth. He lived and died and rose again. And now we are a new species. We are a new race. We are born. We are now life of his life. Essence of his essence. And spirit of his spirit. Don't look at your weaknesses. But see him in you. And as you do that, 
as we go about your day today, please love people, love the less fortunate. If you see a homeless person, bless them. Don't think, oh, no, you know, I don't this, I'm enabling them. Stop that. Has not God given you more than enough that you overflow? Oh, Lord, I can't give them that, that um, you know, when somebody will come and do this. No. If you're praying about it, it's because God said you do it. Like he told the disciples about the fishes and ducks. When they came and said, Lord, uh, how are we going to feed all these people? He said, do it. <laughs> They're like, we ain't got nothing. We got like five fishes and, you know, two loaves. And he said, do it. Because, you know, God always has a plan. See, you're sitting here today. And if you look back around this church, look at the bank account. Look at the bank account. Your love. Not just my love. Your love. No, we can't force people here and tie them up and leave them in, in chains and, and buses, but just to fill a, a building. But only you. See, the Father's sitting in the bank account. Jesus is sitting at his right hand. And we're full of his life, his spirit, and his love. If truly you have experienced that and experienced from the love of God. And if you haven't, start doing it. Spend time with him. And he'll fill you. And then you know what? Share that love. It's easy to share with one another here, right? can easily love it, you know, love my brothers and sisters and hug you and tell you I love you, and I mean it. But then you see somebody out there who's smelly, homeless, freezing, and you see them, and God makes sure that you see them. And what do you do? So this is it. The only expression of God's love for this world is you. Is you. You're the bride. You're the bride. You're the church. You're the expression of God on this earth. You're the expression of love on this earth. So with that, let's get up. Let's stand up. Today, as you gather with your families, have a good time and love your brothers and sisters. And um, and you know what? This, as we light these candles, imagine it. Imagine this candle. If you don't know Christ, imagine this candle being the light himself, the light of Christ coming into your life, and you sharing this light, it's going to be easy to share it here, to light this candle to one another. But this candle represents your heart and the spirit of God in you. As you light, share this light, the light of Christ, make sure that today you go and light the heart of someone who is not related to you. Someone that you might see in the street, stop by for a moment. And I don't care what you do. And hug somebody. There was a song that Michael Jackson used to sing, the Jackson Five, Give Love on Christmas Day. 
Okay, I don't know, but some of you might have heard it. And that's exactly what it is. Give love on Christmas Day. There are people hungry. There are people needing. But more than anything that this world needs, any more than you can give them, is love. So this is the love of Christ being passed on to each other, but it has to go beyond these walls. It is outside where true love is displayed. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round young virgin, mother and child, holy infant so Oh, no. 
a good suggestion by AB Music, but anyways, this uh, this one you say is heart full, hearts full of love, and I'll go share that love and love one another above all things, you know. And may God just bless you. The first love always. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you so much for allowing us to gather together to just reflect on you, what you've done because of your love for us. Thank you for always loving us, even when we didn't love ourselves or when we were unloving or loving to others. Lord, today your spirit lives in us. Your very life pulsates in our, in our spirit, and we are made alive because of your death and resurrection. So I pray that if anybody doesn't know you, Lord God, that at this moment they would receive you as the light of their life and that they would begin to read your word and pray, Lord God, so that they too can see what you want to reveal to them. The story is endless, Lord, because it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there. You did exactly what you said you would do. You destroyed Satan and his power, but then you gave us a personal from your mouth that you would never leave us nor forsake us, and that one day you will return to take us home, and we will be just as you are. Oh, Father, thank you so much for your great love. For giving us Jesus, the Savior of the world, your Son, our Master and Lord, and for putting your precious Holy Spirit in us. Protect us from the evil one and all his tricksters. Be with all your sons and daughters all over the earth. Be with the poor, the needy, the orphan, and the widow, and the sick and suffering all over the earth. Father, we pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus. And the church of God says, 